Hey there, and welcome to a special episode of Pause Pop. This is Carrie Gessner. If you listened to the episode from December 11th, you know that I chatted with my friend and fellow author C.S. Lytle about Terminator Dark Fate. What follows here is the full, unedited version of that. Needless to say, spoilers abound, so tread carefully. And without further ado, here you go. So uh, I have with me here C.S. Lytle, and I, I will tell you, I'll probably cut this out, but I will tell you that all week I've been trying to call you C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's that's not right. So I'm talking to C.S. Lytle, and C.S., why don't you tell me, like, we're both huge, huge fans of Terminator Dark Fate. So why don't you tell me um, a little bit about yourself and then also your background with the Terminator franchise to get us started? Okay. Um, well, I'm a writer and librarian, and I always put my little autobiography as um, you can find me doodling and daydreaming in North Carolina. Uh, you can read a short story of mine called The Linear Concept of Time on the e-magazine All World's Wayfarer. Um, as far as the Terminator franchise goes, um, I really don't have that much of a history with it. I've never seen the original movies. Uh, I have not seen the Sarah Connor Chronicles, but I am thinking about fixing that. Um, I've seen a couple of the more recent movies, but they just really didn't make that much of an impression on me. I just am a huge like action-adventure movie watcher generally, and I think I just watched those as an outshoot of that. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I haven't watched a ton of the Terminator franchise. I think what I'm most familiar with is the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, I think it was like 2009, so I watched it as it was on, mm. and, and um, don't remember a ton about it. But if you want to get into it, I was thinking about watching it again, and it's free on IMDb, IMDb TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think it's free with ads, but you might want to check that out. Um, okay, so I started watching the first Terminator this week, mm-hmm. kind of on my lunch breaks, <laughs> and I haven't I haven't finished it yet. But as people who, as two people who weren't like super familiar with with the Terminator franchise, what? Why were we both like, we have to go see this opening weekend? Like, <laughs> what what was that about? You know, I was trying to think about that. Um, and I honestly, like, sometimes I'll just go to the movies if I'm, if I'm having a bad day. Like, you know, just as a reward for myself. And like I said, I'm, I'm a huge, like, action-adventure movie watcher anyway. So, you know, I, I always knew I was going to go see it. But I honestly don't remember why I went that particular day. Uh, and then it just turned out to be such such a huge thing that I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of remember when the trailer came out and Terminator was not on my radar at all. But for some reason, I watched it and like came across my Twitter feed or something. And I've been really into like the not I mean, I don't know how to say it, but the f- more female remakes of right, things right. lately. So, like, I really love Ghostbusters. Um, I really love the new Star Wars that's kind of updated with mm-hmm. more women and more people of color. So I saw the trailer, and for some reason, I was like, I have to go see that. I have <laughs> to go see it. And <clears throat> I accidentally, well, not accidentally, I um, unexpectedly got Halloween off, and I, I usually work at night. So I was like, my treat to myself is going to be going to see this movie (laughs) by myself. And it turns out I got sick. 
Oh no. Um, I know. It was, it was, I was not happy, but I went on Saturday while I was sick anyway, and it was incredible. I loved it. Let's try to give people a quick plot synopsis. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's not too hard because it's a very high concept story. Yeah. Um, I think I described it to a friend as um, an homage remake, a feminist homage remake. So it's like not a straight up, the first one didn't happen. This is the new story. Um, it's, you know, it's it's happened in the same, it's kind of like The Force Awakens, where it was like, there were a lot of callbacks to the original, um, Mm -hmm. is my understanding, anyway, since I haven't seen the first Terminator movie, but, right, yeah. We're both like, we feel like callbacks, (laughs) but, (laughs) oh. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you want to (laughs) continue. Sorry, I kind of interrupted there. Um, yeah, so... Let's see. I, I feel like I very much agree with the fact that it's similar to The Force Awakens um, in terms of each franchise. Um, basically, the concept is Grace... Oh, mm, I, just, <laughs> I just ate and I have to burp a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> I've been trying not so, to do that this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut it out. It's okay. <laughs> um, so Grace the main is... I can't even call her the main character, but Grace is played by Mackenzie Davis, and she gets sent back from 2042 to save a woman named Danny Ramos, and she's saving her from a basically a Terminator who wants who is out to kill her, and um, they meet up with Sarah Connor, and um, yeah, their whole the whole movie is just about keeping Danny safe, basically. And how do we feel about it? Uh, <laughs> we have lots of feelings. So many feelings. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, yeah, I just, I went in with like kind of zero expectations, just, you know, expecting to throw away a couple hours on, you know, um, an action flick. And um, I realized almost immediately that this, this is not what that was, that this, is, this was something special. Um, and it just, it reminded me so much of how I felt when I was watching like Fury Road and Captain Marvel and it was just, it was so good. Absolutely. It it reminded me a lot of Fury Road too. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the strong dynamics between all the characters and uh, it was just unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know like you hyped me up for it (laughs) i saw your tweets about it on friday night and i was like oh i didn't get didn't get to go yesterday i'll go tomorrow and then i don't even remember the moment during the movie where i was like this is amazing (laughs) i think i was just riveted the whole time and and i noticed i will confess to seeing multiple times i noticed (laughs) one of the other times i went to see it that uh I, it was really easy for me to slip into it and kind of forget about everything else going on in my life, which is not true of every movie. Right, right. Um, sometimes it, yeah. So, okay. Let's, I mean, let's talk about Sarah Connor first, because even though we were not huge, I mean, we haven't really seen the older ones. Um, she's really kind of... Oh, I can't even say that she's the heart of it all because they're all the heart in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
but she's a really big piece and it and and um i loved her yes (laughs) (laughs) what what did we love about her um i just i think it's so interesting that um she gets to present herself the way that she does um how she's you know she's like the older mentor figure and like she's you know she she's weathered and you know she's tough and she's not like constantly you know airbrushed or whatever and like this last time that i the uh fourth time that i was (laughs) watching it um i noticed especially no shame here (laughs) especially the scene where she was remembering um her loss after after they ah yes yes (laughs) and talk talk to me about that scene yeah keep going (laughs) well it's just it was just so amazing because she's just sitting there just slumped over with like absolutely zero self-consciousness and just the filming of her her pure grief um that that she's of what she's everything she's lost and she just doesn't care and it's it's i don't remember seeing uh women actresses being allowed to present themselves that way even in those intense moments of grief and loss and it was just really poignant yeah so a couple things struck me uh, same same as you the first is that sarah is a mentor figure and uh, along with all of them they all play roles that aren't very typical so a lot of times the mentor figure is this grizzled old guy Mm -hmm. and sarah's a grizzled old lady Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) which is great and it's awesome that she's in her 60s and she's allowed to be in her 60s. She's mm-hmm. not, they don't try to make her look younger. They don't try to get her back in the fighting shape she was in her 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still got power in her figure. And and for the other two, like Grace, the protector figure, um, is also traditionally a male role. Mm-hmm. And then with Danny, that's traditionally a female role. She's traditionally the damsel in distress but but she's not a damsel in distress Mm -hmm. like she doesn't know what's going on at first and then so she has to allow herself to to accept this protection from other people but then once she figures it out she's she's not a damsel anymore yeah i think yeah so that was really exciting for me to see over the course of the movie like all three of these archetypical characters that don't really turn out to be that archetypical Mm mm-hmm and um and yeah, I really that that grief scene really really gets to me every single time because she's so lost and broken mm-hmm. and I think that really ties into Danny's story too because yeah, Danny definitely. loses her brother. Yeah. Oh, we should probably put a spoiler warning. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that. <laughs> Maybe I'll go into the beginning of poem because <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of spoilers. But Danny loses some key family members and both she and Sarah are allowed to feel that grief. Yeah, They're not yeah. they don't have to brush it aside. Like there's a scene of of Danny crying and there's a, there's that scene of Sarah. She's not crying, but she's absolutely grieving. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought it was really great to see women who um 
they were super strong in the traditional sense of what we think of as strong female characters, but they were also really human. Yeah. And they weren't, they were allowed to be soft at the same time, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I was thinking about how, how well it worked out to have the three of them together, because even though Grace suffered, you know, that great loss of losing her entire family after Judgment Day, um, she was so young and, you know, she, she grew up after that world came into being and so i feel like it was so important for danny and sarah to have that moment um that they recognize each other's grief because they were both ripped out of a normal world just you know more recently well not for sarah but you know what i mean yeah no i totally understand yeah so sarah's awesome uh <laughs> who do you want to talk about next danny or grace oh I don't know. <laughs> they're both so they're both so amazing. I think let's talk about Grace first because Danny is really special. <laughs> I mean they're all special, but <laughs> <clears throat> So let's see. Danny at the beginning of the movie, she you see her as a caretaker for her dad and her brother. Um she works at a, a factory with her brother. Um, but it's clear from the few minutes of of scenes there, um, she's very much of a, a take charge kind of person. Mm -hmm. And then the moment her path intersects with Grace is when the Rev-9, who is the Terminator figure, comes and tries to kill her in the factory. And Grace is the one who stops that from happening. And then there's a really cool fight scene. And then they go on a car chase. And it's just like... Uh, yeah, like, at what point were you, like, Danny's amazing and I love her? <laughs> um, pretty much, pretty much from, from the beginning, um, I was interested in her. And then when it became clear that she wasn't, um, that she was this take charge sort of person and that she, um, it wasn't just that, you know, oh, she's the woman of the house, you know, but she was also, like, you know, she had connections with people and, um, you know, she, she, um, I guess when, when the guy at the factory said, you know, he's not you, you know, we can, we can afford to let him go. We can't lose you. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. And, and then over the course of the movie too. Yeah. She's the real reason that Sarah and Grace <laughs> work together. I thought it was funny this last time I was thinking, um, it's funny that the, aside from Danny, the one with the most social skills is actually the Rev-9. I know! <laughs> I know! He's so charming! And he just sneaks his way in there, and then Grace and Sarah are, like, really <laughs> forcing their way, and, like, uh, here's here's a gun, and that's my prescription! <laughs> yeah, Definitely. I guess we're talking about Danny already. We were supposed to be talking about Grace. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll keep it organic. Yeah. We like that. Um, I Yeah, except I don't know where to go from here. Because I'm just thinking about that scene where um, they have to ditch the station wagon. Mm -hmm. And... And... Um, Danny kind of walks out, they park beneath the bridge and Danny kind of walks out and Grace like puts herself mm -hmm. in front of her and like checks the surroundings and then she goes and makes sure it's okay. And then she goes back to talk to Sarah 
And so, I mean, I guess I would be pretty suspicious too. I have this problem in my writing where people are doing things and some of the my beta readers or my mentors are like, why is this person doing this? Like, what's their motivation? And I'm always like, because they're a good person? <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? So I, I never really questioned Sarah's motivations, but then Grace is, Grace, obviously, she trusts no one. She's mm-hmm. just like, I'm here for Danny, no one else. Don't mm-hmm. touch me, don't touch her. Um, and then, um, so she comes back to talk to Sarah and basically asks her why she's doing this. And Sarah is like, because she was me. And I mean, that's a callback to the first movie, sure. But mm-hmm. um, I thought it was a really, I don't know. I thought it was a really poignant motivation for why she steps in and does try to help them. Yeah. I yeah. really like that. And I think maybe it's it's too because I like seeing um like mother figures in movies Mm -hmm. i don't know anyway we got off track a little bit (laughs) no it's 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 all so great and like i know um you have such great moments where you know like what after after grace checks out from under the bridge and she just gives danny this little nod and touches her shoulder as she walks past and that kills me every time (laughs) Yeah, Danny and Grace have a really interesting relationship. They do, yeah. Both from both of their perspectives, I think. Yeah. It's Okay, so, sorry, go. No, ahead. no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just, <laughs> it's such a great progression from the beginning of the movie um, you know, watching watching them work together almost from the beginning because you have that moment um right after the first fight um where Danny is going to go to the police um, and Grace is, is crashing, you know, because her, she's augmented. And so she, she, her metabolism has been fine tuned for um, like short, crazy bursts of energy. And then she crashes. Um, And so that's happening. And um, she can't, (laughs) Danny is like, you can't stand. How are you going to, what are we going to do? And, um, Grace has to has to convince her to come back and once Danny decides to do that it's like they're they're just they're in it together. Mhm. Yeah, and part of part of what I love about that moment is Grace can does convince her and then Danny comes back and instead of letting Grace drive she like just tosses Grace into the back seat. Yes, yes. And I'll Grace says you can't even <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Grace is like, you can't even drive. What are you doing? And Danny's, Danny says, I'll figure it out. And I think that was actually thinking about it now. That was the moment where I was like, just 100% in Danny's corner. I was like, yes. Oh, you don't know what's happening, but you're going to do everything in your power. Yes. I, yeah. I just, I love characters who, I don't know even how to describe it, just baby characters who, <clears throat> are in a situation they're like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get out of this yeah yeah but i thought so i thought uh going back to grace a little bit i from a story perspective i really loved the fact that she crashes yes i thought that was super interesting yes it's it's such a smart um like tension device really 
And I feel like they they could had the potential to overuse that, you know, like, oh, she's crashing again. But I just felt like every single time they used it perfectly um, for the situation they were in. And it's like also like, um, you know, how they always tell you your characters, if your characters use magic, there has to be a price, you know, because otherwise, you know, they would just wave their hand. Well, if, you know, if Grace was this all powerful augmented soldier, then yeah, she would just, and what a great complication, like what a great roadblock to throw in front of the characters. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I had a thought about that, but it it flew my brain. (laughs) Oh, I don't remember. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. What what else did you like about Grace? Um, like I I really liked that, you know, she was this physically strong character. you know, and she, she had this take charge attitude and she was on a mission, but she wasn't necessarily like a leader. And I mean, you know, obviously she's, she's not stupid, but like, she just, um, she's like, she's a soldier. She's a good soldier. And like, I keep thinking of her as like, if you, you play through the video games as, you know, the paragon or, you know, the paladin as the, the honest, you know, straight, straight arrow character. And even though she has those moments where she's like, I could rip your throat out if I wanted to. So don't annoy me, you know, or she, (laughs) you know, she drops the gun on the counter and is like, there's my prescription. Um, And then when he, when the, the pharmacy tech is just like, um, and she's like, uh, and she goes to get it herself. You know, she's, she was never serious about hurting him. Right. Yeah. I think I, I mean, it's kind of badass to to pull a gun on someone <laughs> um, when you're in in a life or death situation. But I really enjoyed when she didn't follow through with it. She was just like, "Yeah, okay, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go get the meds I need now. Just like, don't stop me. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna shoot you. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm very um, I'm very attracted to protector types. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see that in my fiction, too. A lot of my main characters are very protective. <laughs> so I think that's why that's part of the reason that I loved Grace so much. But as over the course of the movie, yeah, like you see her deferring to Danny and you see her. Um, <clears throat> she wants to follow orders to keep Danny safe, but she's also like, hey, sometimes I don't always know the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to let Sarah take the lead here or um, yeah, I really hate this plan of using Danny for bait, but that's what Danny, that's what Danny wants to do. So we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I just really loved how all of that developed organically because it goes hand in hand with Danny becoming a leader throughout the right. movie. And then when you hit that moment in the plane, in the plane mm-hmm. where, Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I like get chills every time I watch it. But you hit this moment in the plane where it seems like all is lost, you know, and Carl <laughs> is like, hey, if we continue on this path, we have 12% of success. And Danny's like, but that's not zero. <laughs> yes. And and then that's the moment when Grace reveals that she not only knows Danny from the future, but Danny is the 
leader of the entire human resistance against this AI called Legion. And oh, like it's such a satisfying moment because Sarah, there's an earlier, that earlier scene on mm-hmm. the train where Sarah <clears throat> is absolutely certain that Danny needs to be protected because Danny was her. She, uh, Sarah was going to give birth to John Connor and that was why John Connor was going to grow up to be the leader of the resistance. Mm-hmm. And that was why they wanted Sarah dead. So she's like, oh, obviously Danny's going to give birth to some dude who mm-hmm. then leads the resistance. And, and the first time I saw it, I really didn't understand why Grace got so angry <laughs> after that. Um, But I mean, obviously now I do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. That, that makes total sense now. But, um, Oh god, I lost my train of thought. But like they're in this in the plane and all is lost and Danny's like, "No, let's keep going. We have to keep going." And that's when Grace is like, "Danny, mm-hmm. <laughs> you told me I couldn't tell you this <laughs> earlier when I first met you because you were totally not the same person, but you see that she has become a whole different person over over the course of the movie, but she's also she also has the same core characteristics, right. which make her her." And she reveals that Danny's the leader of the resistance in the future. And, like, everything makes sense. But it's also kind of, it's a little bit of a surprise. It's not really a surprise, but, like, it's enough of a surprise that you're like, I can't believe they did that, but yes. I love it. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I have, I have the best anecdote. Um, the third time I went to see it, um, I was sitting next to a woman and... Um, we we were at the scene at the plane and um Dan or Grace says, you know, you don't you don't give birth to some man who is the uh, saves the future and beside me the woman whispered, "You save the future." And then Grace <laughs> says, "You are the future." And the woman just says, "Oh my god, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry." <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it was like, "Oh my gosh, I love that." It was it was such a great moment. Because it's just, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, it's such in a, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think so many women have, have watched movies like this. Like, I, I actually would not describe myself as an action film buff or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, re- I've recently realized that, yeah, I really love action movies, but there just haven't <laughs> been a ton that are super up my alley. And I think, yeah, a lot of the women in the audience were like, oh my god, wait, this is, you gave us three main female characters, and then, like, the the one is, like, super important, like, she's the linchpin of everything in this universe. Mm-hmm. This is so novel to us, yeah, you know? Yeah, And I think, I think that was actually the moment, like, I knew I was having fun with the movie, and I knew that I liked the characters, but I think that was the moment where I was like, oh god, this is gonna be one of my favorite <laughs> films forever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I mean, as someone, you know, who will watch pretty much anything that is fast paced with explosions, like, you know, <laughs> it's it's like eating saltine crackers almost. And then eating this was like, or watching this rather, it was like, it was like eating something that, you know, I had never tasted before, but that was just so good. Um, and it's like, this is what's been missing. This is what I've been looking for in all those other action movies. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about that? About your history with action movies and stuff? Um, sure. Um so yeah, I just 
I don't know. I've always been drawn to those stories. Um, and like, I, there's nothing I like more than a hero I can fall in love with. And I just, I didn't know what it would look like to have, you know, an easily accessible girl character there. Um, cause, uh, for most of the, most of my life, that's what I've been taught to, that I could only identify with. Um, and like you had the outliers like Princess Leia and, you know, she was, you know, definitely not just a straight up maiden in distress. Um, but in a lot, of, I didn't know how to translate that to other stories. And so, um, when I would write fan fiction in my head, you know, I would have to be like, okay, so here's this, you know, girl character who can, you know, be a self insert for me and who tags along and who, you know, helps out when she can. Um, and Dark Fate was really the first movie where I felt like I could identify with any of the characters, with the hero or, you know, the, you know, not the hero character and not the maiden of distress, because that's not what Danny was. But I just really felt like it erased the line between what I felt like I had been told I should be and what I really could be. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I think absolutely. Because, I mean, there are so many movies and books and shows that have the token female character. And it's never the main character. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And yeah, so a lot of time growing up, um, I think, we were always sort of the sidekick. Yeah. And then... or. Or yeah, like this movie was made 30 years ago and um, Linda Hamilton was Sarah Carter and she was the damsel in distress. And yeah, uh, I guess I haven't seen T2, but (laughs) I've heard that she's not the damsel in distress anymore. But like um, the fact that this gave us so many women and different kinds of women, I think was really... I'm not not different necessarily because I think we've been getting more more and more movies with women, but it was just it was really empowering for me yeah, as a yeah. viewer. And I feel like also, I mean, even if it's not like completely original with you know, oh my god, ne- you know, nobody's ever done this with women before. It's like it's like you get different kinds, you know, because there are as many different kinds of women characters as there are you know women. And so, like, we get, you know, like Wonder Woman, who has this, you know, very sort of feminine superhero who can also, you know, do all that stuff. But then, you know, we get, like, Captain Marvel, who is, you know, very much more like, almost like a a bare knuckles kind of fighter. And like a very, uh, kind of a harder character. And it's just, it's seeing them both is great because, you know, there haven't been heroes like that. And then, you know, you get characters like Furiosa from Fury Road and the other female characters in that film. So it's filling in the different kinds of representation that, you know, male characters have always been shown in such a wide spectrum. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't want to follow up with that because... I feel like I would just say the same thing over. But, <laughs> but yeah, I totally, totally agree. And that's why I think the more female characters we see, 
um, the less they'll be confined to the damsel in distress role. Right. Or, you know, Madonna and the whore and stuff like that. Definitely. Like, less restrained to stereotypes. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) We're at 30 minutes. Gosh. We might have to make this, like, a special episode. (laughs) Like, just listen to Carrie and CS talk about Terminator Dark Fate for half an hour. Um, Do you have any... What else do you want to talk about? Because, like, let's just let's just go. Let's just <laughs> go as much as we want to. Okay. Um, well, uh, I may have may have said something like this before, but I just um, one of the things I appreciated about Danny's character is that um, the very fact that she is such a caretaker was kind of it wasn't. I, I hesitate to like. I don't want to say, you know, caretaking is a feminine thing, but I think that has been how our culture has coded it. Um, and in this movie, it wasn't coded as, like, a feminine damsel in distress thing. It was, like, part of her leadership qualities. And, like, if you look at through through the film, um, 90% of the time when the the three main characters have to... Uh, interact with people outside their circle it's danny who is the facilitator the grease that makes things work and sarah has that one guy that she calls up from the the military base but other than that like sarah and grace would kind of be lost without her absolutely so that's yeah i feel like I feel like that was a huge part of Danny not being a damsel in distress, even aside from the fact that, you know, she just, she doesn't, even under this overwhelming loss, she doesn't like fold up and close off. Um, and she, you know, she has a moment with, with each of the, the other three characters, um, Grace, uh, Sarah and Carl, where she, she acknowledges their pain and, um, know she she has room in in herself to do that and that's she's just such an amazing character oh my gosh that's true (laughs) i didn't really i didn't really connect that but yeah she has those moments with all three of them so great (laughs) yeah yeah no absolutely and uh, i can't even yeah i can't add it to that because you said it well um let's see um, okay, so what, so one of the things that I have written in my notes <laughs> is that, uh, yes, Danny is a leader and she's a caretaker and she is the reason they get, well, she's part of the reason they get as far as they get, but there is a really satisfying back and forth in her relationship with Grace mm-hmm. because, I mean, at first, obviously Danny has no clue what's going on. And so Grace is the one with the power because she's the one literally saving Danny. Um, But then I don't want to say the power in their relationship, but the roles in their relationship kind of flip flop throughout the film. And it's very clear that they wouldn't be able to get, they wouldn't be able to finish this without the other one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I just really enjoyed that because normally I think, it's it's less balanced. Yeah. It was it was definitely a collaborative relationship. 
Ah, that's good. That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I love that word because um, I love stories where women support other women. And so often when you have a movie like this, maybe, mm, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but I think too often female characters are pitted against one another. Definitely. And yeah. And just to see three women who are different, so different, um, but they're all working toward the same goal and they all help each other out and they support each other is what I think, oh, that was one of the most satisfying things about the movie. I was like, yeah, yeah. You all care about each other so much. <laughs> yeah. There are, there are no like petty rivalries and, and even the dynamic between Grace and Sarah, the distrust there, it's not, it's not like a, a catty, you know, oh, they're, you know, they're fighting because they're women, obviously, thing. It's, it's a, you know, I have, I have a job to do. If you get in my way, I'm going to mess you up. And on Grace's side and Sarah, for her side, is just like, you know, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They are trying to do the same thing but they do it in different ways and then it takes danny kind of being like hey yeah <laughs> can you guys stop knocking heads like you're trying to do the exact same thing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like let's figure out a way to work together yeah absolutely <clears throat> oh oh my gosh i just <laughs> i need to go see this again <sighs> is there anything else you want to talk about um i think that's everything i had uh, I like how we were like, let's keep it 10 minutes. <laughs> it's almost 40 now. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, I do want to talk a little bit about, I mean, oh, there's so much, there's so much. <laughs> but I do want to talk about um, how in the Terminator world, when you travel from the future, you can't take anything with you. So you arrive naked. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which I did remember that from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't completely in the dark when it happened, but grace gets there first and then the rev nine gets there and they're both naked but neither one is sexualized yes and and grace has a whole fight scene while she's naked Mm -hmm. and there's there's no real there's like that one wide shot and she's sideways but it's not it's just basically to show you that she's being a badass yeah yeah it's not (laughs) it's not anything sexualized and i i yeah that was the moment. So a lot of times with movies that have female characters that are written and directed by men, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit wary. And then that was the moment where I was like, oh, I can trust Tim Miller. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can trust him with this yeah, story, yeah. you know? Because it's so funny because even in the way the characters react to her, like even when the one police officer says something about, you know, naked ladies running from the sky, it's not a sexual thing. It's an, oh my God, what is my job thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And then they, the two kids, well, teenagers or whoever, they help, help out Grace and, um, the the boy is like the boy, she steals the boy the kid's clothes, <laughs> which I thought was great. And then he's like, "Oh my god, you told me to help. You told me she was in trouble, but clearly let's help her." You said trouble, she's she just, in trouble. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just I just love that because there was no like I don't know there was no like oh my god it's a naked lady. It was just like we're trying to help her. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then she and then she stole from us. So, <laughs> um. 
The music was amazing. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yes. Yes. The music. It's by... Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just... I was just going to say it's amazing. <laughs> uh, so it's by Junkie XL, who has a real name. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here it is. I found it. It's Tom Hulkenborg. I don't really... Oh, he's Dutch. That makes sense why I can't really say it. <laughs> um, but he did... Oh my god, he did he did a YouTube video where he answers a bunch of questions about the score. That's Ooh. cute. Um, but he did the soundtrack for Fury Road. Yes. Which I think is part of the reason <laughs> that we both got those Fury Road vibes. Definitely. Obviously, besides yes. the... Yeah, the actual storyline. Yeah, I think yeah. you're the one who told me that, and I was like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to it a lot while I've been writing in the past couple of weeks, <laughs> and now I have to write an action story. <laughs> I'm like, uh, this doesn't go with, with the story I'm writing, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> um, okay, yeah. I think that's the last thing I really wanted to mention. Do we do you have anything? Do we want to talk about the ending a little, or? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, the ending. It was, it was really hard to watch. Um, but um, it was it was such a great thing that that Grace was able to to sacrifice herself to do that, and then um, Danny uses that to fuel her through the final battle you know her rage about you know everything that's been taken with her taken from her and now grace on top of it and i just i love the scene where she finally hits the the rev nine with uh i can't remember what they they called it but grace's power source i think they just call it the power power source source. okay um and she's just screaming in just fury and she stabs it in his eye And that doesn't sound, you know, very nice, but um, it's, I feel like it's a great moment for her. It's a really great scene. So <clears throat> they end up in, like, the inside of the Hoover Dam or something. <laughs> and uh, they're going to use that as their kill box. So there's um, Grace, Danny, Sarah, and then Carl, who is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. We haven't talked about him at all, <laughs> which is... It's fine, because we're really here for the ladies. But <laughs> he was great. I loved him, actually. He was um, a good supportive role. Yeah, it was a really good supportive role. Um, and then they're facing down the Rev-9. And it's a pretty long action sequence. They have um, the whole time uh, Sarah, Grace, and Carl are attacking the Rev-9. And then at one point, Sarah steps back, and it's Grace and Carl. And then... The whole time, Danny's kind of hiding. Well, that one that uh, one moment when um, the Rev Nine stabs Grace, and then Danny is like, "Hey, hey, over here!" and she sort of dances sideways. I know, <laughs> and it's great because it's like um, I understand why you're hiding because you're a human, and the rest of them. I mean, Sarah's a human too, but you know, the rest of them have actual fighting skills. So I would totally be hiding too. But then, yeah, she just he, Grace gets stabbed, and she's like, "Oh my god, I don't care." <laughs> That if I'm going to die, I'm going to draw his attention away. And she does. And then <clears throat> I think she's out of the fight a little bit. But Carl gets knocked unconscious or something. And I don't know exactly what you call it if he's not a living <laughs> human. but <laughs> Taken offline. <laughs> and that, Yeah, there you go. And Sarah gets knocked unconscious. And then it's just her and Grace. And Grace is um, 
incapacitated basically um so yeah there's this moment where she's alone completely alone and she's standing against the rev nine and she takes grace's power source and she stands up and she sticks it in her back pocket and she just totally confronts the rev nine and she talks to him in spanish and english and i really love that mm-hmm. uh, we neglected to mention that danny is um mexican mm. A lot of the story takes place, or half the story, I guess, probably takes takes place in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important to note because so many times, or so much of Hollywood is still white and it's great to see a woman of color in a role like this. And I love that she didn't have to put aside her Mexican heritage. She, mm-hmm. in her big moment, she was like, hey, do you know what you've taken from me? And she says it in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ugh. This is, oh, she's so, she's so strong. (laughs) And then she, yeah, some stuff happens and there's more fighting and then she finally gets to nail him in the eye and it's just so satisfying. (laughs) So satisfying. Tell me, tell me more about how you felt about that. I feel like I cut you off. Oh, no, no, I don't think so. Um, Just, yeah, it was just um, such a great cathartic moment for for Danny and for the audience through her um and there's just just that moment between her and Grace when she you know she's obviously hurting Grace and she says I'm sorry and Grace says I'm not oh. <laughs> oh. um and I can't stop thinking about that moment yeah yeah it's just it's so great um and uh, after the movie let out, I immediately went on AO3 and found like five fix it fix where Grace doesn't die. <laughs> it was great because that's that's kind of something that I had in my the back of my mind throughout the whole movie is, you know, yeah, this is this is great, you know, but also, oh, my God. We are gonna get so much FF fan fiction out of this. It's gonna be great. <laughs> well, and I I do want to talk about that, but I want to come back to um, the fix it fix because I actually I know you don't. You, I mean, the ending is sad, no matter which way you slice <laughs> it. But um, I don't know if I would like it as much if I if Grace does not sacrifice herself and. More importantly, in my view, is when there's a little epilogue where Danny and Sarah are watching current Grace. So she's like 12 years old before Doomsday. What do they call it? Judgment Day? Yeah, I think so. And um, Danny gets back. They both get back in the Jeep and Danny says, I'm not going to let her die die for me again. So... And, like, then the movie ends, <laughs> and so Grace is still dead. But, like, at the same time, I was just like, this is, oh, time travel is <laughs> fantastic. And it, and I just really love the potential yeah, of, yeah. hey, she's going to change the timeline somehow to make it so Grace doesn't die. And I, oh, I love possibilities like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that became instant headcanon that, you know, this this version of Danny went on to find some way to keep Grace from dying again. Um, and I think in, in one of the, the fix, um, the way the author did it was that 
Denny secretly put in a second power source that kicked in once uh, present Danny took out the main power source. That would make the most <laughs> sense. I, I'm down with that. I'm, I can headcanon that. But too. no, I definitely, I definitely see it was the the emotional resonance of that sacrifice um, and you know Danny's resolve to to find a way it was just so perfect. Yeah, and you know she's gonna do it because she's Danny. Of course, <laughs> right. She's like, I don't care if I know how to drive. I'm going to learn how to drive because you're sick. So I don't care if you died. I'm going to find out how to bring you back. (laughs) Oh, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And you know she will. Yes. (sighs) So do you want to talk about them at all? Grace and Danny? Um, I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious that I ship them, I think, (laughs) from everything I've said. Um, and I, like, I feel like the actresses have a pretty strong chemistry. Um, and so, you know, I, I ship them in my head. Um, but I also really appreciated that, you know, strictly speaking of canon, it was, it was definitely open to other interpretations. Like if you wanted a strong, you know, friendship, um, narrative between all three women, you know, that was, that's basically what's there. Um, but it also is just so satisfying to see that that caring, you know, protector um, relationship between two women. Um, and that just that meant so much to me. That's that's great. I didn't view it like that. I mean, I could definitely see how it could be. Um, but I'm really someone who's into not having any <laughs> any romance. <laughs> So I really appreciated just being able to watch an action movie where three men with mm-hmm. women were ba- kicking butt yeah, and getting yeah. it together and no one was falling in love. <laughs> and that's totally, that's totally cool. Um, I do, I will take issue with the fact that you think Sarah and Danny's relationship is friendship. Because, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Cause I totally, I mean, I don't think I put this together right away, but the first scene is John Connor getting killed and, that affects Sarah throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's 20 years later. And um, and then at the end, she's basically Danny's mom. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Oh, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> she's going to pass on everything she knows. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's found family, but, I guess, more than friendship. Yeah, there you go. I And I love found family yes. relationships. So <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why it resonated. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I could totally see Grace and Danny um, being a thing in the future. And I think, um, I mean, I think that's a super interesting possibility. And I'm really sad that it's not doing well at the box office because why, I think they why are people sleeping on this? I don't know. And like, I feel like, I feel like a bunch of people, a bunch of men want to go see Mad Max Fury Road. And they were like, oh, this is too many women. And all the women <laughs> went to it. And then that's why it was f- successful. And I'm just like, where where are all the women try- going to this one? You know, I don't know. where are they? I don't know. But <laughs> it's so sad. It's such a shame. So sad. But I think they had planned a trilogy this for like to be the opening of a trilogy. And I think it would have been so cool mm-hmm. to see where the story goes from here and how Grace and Danny's relationship develops or developed. 
uh, depending on whose perspective we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really upset. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> in the me- in the meantime, we have fanfic. <laughs> we do. <laughs> but if anyone is listening to this and um, knows people, I'm also totally down for. <laughs> I'm totally down for writing um, writing movies two and three in novel form. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that Hint for it. you. <laughs> well, I think, I feel like we're, we've covered a lot. I, I think we're winding down, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Um, thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts. Thank you for, for letting me. I've just, I've been looking for somebody to just, you know, tell this to and it's been so difficult to find anybody (laughs) (laughs) it really has you're like the only well i've had i have a couple friends who have seen it but they're they haven't connected with it (laughs) at the level i have so i'm always like i'm thinking about this movie and they're like okay carrie it was a week ago when we saw it (laughs) so yeah thank you so much for um letting me flail about it and (laughs) for your tweet that was like go see this movie and i was like okay i will (laughs) and then i loved it (laughs) i'm so glad (laughs) and there you have it big thanks to c.s lytle for gushing about dark fate with me and thanks to you for listening if you want to share your thoughts you can find c.s on twitter at lytle writes that's l-y-t-a-l-w-r-i-t-e-s and i'm on twitter at carrie gessner be sure to catch our next episode of pause pop New episodes every Wednesday. See ya.